Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Mojo Sports NFL episode. It is our Thanksgiving podcast episode. So happy Thanksgiving. And in happy news, since it is Thanksgiving, Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to discussing all the topics that we've got this week, guys. Awesome. I mean, since you're new, you get to kick off. We just had another very interesting week of football. What would be your highlight or low light since, you know, we started doing that of of week 11? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'll I'll stay positive because it's my first time. Um, uh, I'm going to go with the matchup just between Derwin James and Travis Kelsey. Um, The Chiefs obviously have gotten the the better of the the charges both times that they played this season. But like that's that's box office for me. They're two huge humans, both top of their game in their respective positions. And uh, yeah, watching them go. Head to head is awesome because Bowen had Travis pretty well covered to start with, and then Kelsey pulled away in that fourth. So yeah, that's my highlight of the week. Mahomes and Kelsey are just on a different level, and I think Kelsey. There was a stat they said earlier that um, Kelsey just passed Gronk for most most games at 100 yard receptions or something from a tight end perspective. So props to him; he's he's doing well there. Uh, Riley, what would be your takeaway? Is it the Packers losing because that would be my that would be my win for for week eleven. Um, I'm. It's not necessarily a win, but it's a funny um, bachelor party. Bears Falcons games. They all dressed up as Mike Ditka, sweater, mustache, glasses, and I think they ended up making it like on TV. But it was just like a group of twenty boys out there. Sad didn't get the didn't get the dub, but that was amazing. So it's an iconic look, that one for sure, from from the coach there. Uh big fan of of Ditka. I will not wear the the mustache and and the you know the sleeveless sweater. I'll save that for, for other people. Uh Dan, do you have a funny, a low light or a highlight? Your Patriots won this past week, so you should be excited. Yeah, uh that was that game was something. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I kind of know how to feel. I mean, I'm I'm proud of the defense, but we need to fix a lot of things in the offseason. So there's going to be plenty of uh, time to, to talk Patriots. But um, just how that game finished was was pretty incredible. But, no, my my big highlight from the week was Joe Burrow. Um, people who've been listening to me know that I've, you know, I, I love me some Joe. And it just gives me a little bit more faith in quarterbacks because this season there's just been such a massive drop-off. And there have been top-quality quarterbacks where if there's a few injuries, their team starts to struggle. Joe Burrow was throwing to kids from Chattanooga, um, Sheboygan, uh, 7-Eleven, uh, kids we've never heard of. I mean, Trenton Irwin, I don't know who that player is, but um, congratulations on uh, your three receptions. But incredible performance from Joe Burrow, somehow um, got a win. And, um, yeah, he's starting to show a few quarterbacks around the league that, um, yeah, cut the excuses, let's get it together and get some Ws. That's a solid pick, and it's a great lead into our first game of the week that we're going to break down, which is Titans v. Bengals. Dan, you just mentioned it about Burrows and his ability to throw and the players he had. He hit about, I want to say, eight eight different receivers who had about double-digit yardage. You had T. Higgins, who had 148 yards, no touchdowns. Samaji Perrin had 52 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, every receiver he hit averaged 10-plus yardage. I mean, with Jamar Chase out, there was a little bit of concern that he probably wasn't going to be able to produce like he has been. 
Yeah, and, and I think, you know, some of these wins and performances that Joe's been able to deliver has taken a little bit of pressure off Jamar. Like I wouldn't be rushing him back because there's something in this team. You know, I'm not saying they're going to go it's back to another Super Bowl or, you know, but there's, they're, they're, they're a team that I wouldn't want to be playing in the playoffs. So I wouldn't be rushing Jamar back. I'd be playing that really, really smart because as soon as Jamar comes back, you know, this offense is going to look really, really different. But look, just watching him play, one of the things with Joe Burrow is he is incredibly accurate. Again, going back to a lot of the poor quarterback play that we've seen this year, that's just something that I think we've underrated, you know, over the last couple of years. And it's just something we expect from our NFL quarterbacks. It hasn't been the case this season. And Joe just puts the ball where it needs to go every single time. And then it just comes down to are his receivers capable of catching the ball? And at the moment, it is very much 50-50 because these kids, they have hardly any any experience. But, um, yeah, look, as soon as you bring Jamar Chase back into it, it's – um. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting there in Cincy. He threw for, I think, it was over 300 yards. I mean, my biggest concern with Joe Nixon going out um, for them is if they're going to be able to have a run game next week, (laughs) if Joe Nixon plays. Um, I think that's been a struggle for them. We know they can air out the ball, but we know the Titans secondary is is pretty good because they're up against Tennessee Titans. Jamie, when you're looking at this game, it's going to be a battle. I think, but I think where the Tennessee Titans might have a leg over them is Derrick Henry, technically. I mean, he's just a, he's just, he can run the ball up the middle like nobody's business. And as we saw this past week, he can dump it over the line and score a touchdown himself. Yeah, that was, that was funny. I mean, when you're looking at this secondary and this defense, there are holes, but would you be concerned if you were the Bengals going in this game? Um, I think from a offensive standpoint, I think losing Mixon does hurt. I mean, if you lose a player of Mixon's caliber in any position, it's going to hurt that area. Um, but I think for the way that I would attack the Titans on in the run game, I wouldn't try and go through the nose. If you're going to attack the Titans run game, you've got to go out wide. And for that, Samadhi Piran is actually quite a good backup in that sense, he's, he's a great uh, running back who can catch, uh, take the ball out wide. I think that's how he got one of his two touchdowns today. So, yeah, I'd say I wouldn't be too worried in terms of the drop-off from Mixon to P. Ryan. That said, though, the run defense from Babel's team is elite. They've conceded only two rushing touchdowns coming into this year. Um, and maybe because of the injury to Mixon, it means that they could focus more on the past. Yeah, Mixon's a really interesting one. I think. The reason why we don't consider him to be like the best running back in the in the league is because he, you know, he struggles a little bit with injuries over the last few, you know, sort of few years. And when you look at Cincinnati, you don't see them as a running team. For me, the only reason they run the ball is to try and take a little bit of pressure off Joe Burrow. Because if you can't run the ball, I'm with you, Alex. I don't know. I, I've got a little bit of a concern as to whether Tennessee can stuff the run here. And that means you can just go flat out at Joe Burrow. And you can see that. You know, I think the thing that we forget about Burrow is he's still a young player and uh, no quarterback, Alex, you can speak to this yourself, no quarterback likes uh, that pass rush in their face. And, um, yeah, that's it's going to be an interesting battle. But, yeah, good luck stopping Henry as well. That's going to be a battle. Sam Hubbard, though, um, yeah, I think he's playing, some, he's playing some really good footy on the defensive side. Riley, I know that you're a big fan of Joe Burrow as being an LSU boy and you you like your Jamar Chase and that relationship there. If if you're kind of going to this game from a Bengals standpoint, where do you think that they're going to be able to pull off a win here? 
Because for me, I think it's going to come down to special teams. I think I think this game is going to kind of it's going to be a game where they're going to have to both air it out, and I think it's going to come down to who can succeed on special teams. But but that's just me. Um, I think I think their depth is is not as bad as like everyone thinks. Samaj is actually a pretty decent running back. He is exceptional catching the ball. Um, I'm pretty sure he used to play for the Washington and he was excellent doing the exact same thing back there. And I think Mixon's got a similar role, but he's, he's a bit better in the rush, but I think actually Hayden Hurst is going to play a bigger role. It's the tight end, get it, get it out of your hand quickly. So, you know, it doesn't matter how quickly that rush is coming. If Barry can get the ball out quick enough, hopefully not into the hands of somebody like TJ Watt who picked him today like that. But um, that that is going to be an, a better game plan to be able to just control the game, control the speed if they can just have these little completions because then Titans are going to have to respect that, pull a few people back, and then as soon as they do, Burrow's going to have a nice little pocket and he's going to hit Boyd or Higgins, either one of them or like Dan said, some random receiver who's been at the bottom of the depth chart for two years, and he's going to have a field day. I mean, we've seen that Joe Burrows is a third down kind of top quarterback there when they're, you know, third and whatever, he gets the ball over. You know, when you do have, as we switch over to the Titans and we talk about Derrick Henry, who rushed for about, I think it was 88 yards this past week. Um, the Bengals did give up 102 yards, so you know, I'm going to toot my horn and say I'm right. And the fact that I'm a little concerned about them stopping the run there, I mean, Tannehill, this Titans only scored 27 points and this was their highest scoring game of 2022, which, you know, upsets me a little bit when we especially watch the Cowboys who just scored 40. But again, Tannehill hit about eight different receivers who had six, who had double digit yards you know, they had they only allowed one sack through that line. Derrick Henry, 87 yards and a touch. Like, he was trying to pull a Christian McCaffrey, I think. He had a passing touchdown. He was trying to get a receiving touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown. Um, Dan, when we're looking at this one, you've got two quarterbacks that are relatively – coming off relatively similar games, both through interceptions, both through for touchdowns, both through over 300 yards, and their third-down conversion was good. You know. I do think that the Titans have a better threat in Derrick Henry alone, and we've seen that he can carry games for the Titans. Yeah, and, and here's, here's why it's such a huge advantage uh, for the Titans. It just takes so much pressure off the quarterback. You know, when you look at Joe Burrow, he's consistently throwing um, third and long, you know, and that's because he can't establish that running game. You know, when you look at the Tennessee Titans, it's not, you know, you know, Derrick Henry, um, you know, he can absolutely cut you to pieces and he can have a really long run, but that's not really what we're seeing. We're seeing on first down, he's able to get five yards every time. And that just puts so much strain and so much pressure on the defense because then Ryan Tannehill, he's only, you know, second and five, you know, third and short, that's completely manageable. And the one thing about Tannehill is that, you know, he is, he's a bit of a veteran now, you know, which is making me feel old. He's a little bit more composed. And I think the best thing that happened to Tannehill this year was the failure of Malik Willis. And now I'm not saying that, you know, he can't turn it around and eventually become an NFL quarterback, but you know, when you draft a young rookie quarterback and, you know, you're not playing too well as the veteran, everyone's sort of calling for that next side guy to come in. We've seen Malik. We've seen him struggle. 
Tannehill's going to be in this spot for a couple of years yet. So, uh, yeah, Tannehill's playing with a bit of confidence. I think uh, there'd be a lot of teams in the league that would love to have Derrick Henry on their side, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think just focusing on Tannehill again, the last couple of weeks, he has actually gone rolling a little bit. Like he's got 588 yards in the last two weeks combined, which is decent numbers, especially for the vet, as we should call it going forward, I guess. Um, Hooper looks solid today. Traylon Burks has been quite nice as well. I remember reading up after the draft, apparently he was a name to watch. Didn't hear too much for the first few weeks of the season. He's been looking better the last couple of weeks. So, um, I mean, we we know Derek Henry's going to do what he does on the ground. Um, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, Traylon Burks is going to be the expert next week. And we kind of saw from the Titans too, I think an issue for them is kind of that line. They did allow three sacks. They only got one sack off from the defense against Green Bay. Look, they're not a big rush defense team. Riley, they kind of don't protect Tannehill really when they need to. He looked like he was trying to be a little bit like uh, who's the Bills quarterback who names escape me. He looked like he was trying to run and hurdle somebody. Josh Allen. Yeah, he looked like he was trying to pull a Josh Allen at some point this past week. It didn't really pay off. Uh, Before your prediction, is that line something that the Titans are going to have to tighten, pardon the pun, tighten up for this week? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Um, the Bengals have a pretty good front line, um, especially with Trey Anderson up there. Like, he's a beast. And I think that statistically the Titans, I mean, the the Bengals don't really have, like, an exceptional team. They don't have a lot of takeaways. They don't have a lot of passes defended. They still manage to force a lot of three and outs. Their coverage is good. So I think with that, I think the Bengals' front line will give them a bit more challenge than Green Bay's did. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how they stack up and whether Tannehill can still have that accuracy when he's got a 250-pound lineman in his face or running for his life because he's got three of them after him. And just seeing how he can can turn that that bit around. So I think... I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think this is a really good game for Tannehill to sort of prove himself as well. I actually picked the Titans to win against the the Packers last week, so I'm not surprised that they did, but I am surprised in how how dominant they were. I didn't think it would be that sort of that far apart. Yeah, especially with kind of Green Bay kind of coming back. I mean, look, we all know this. As a Bears fan, it made me very happy to watch, you know, Aaron Rodgers just lose so a little cheer there I mean I'm gonna kick us off with score predictions look I'm gonna go I'm not a huge Bengals fan I'm perfectly honest I'm not a huge Bengals fan but I think just kind of looking at the game and I think looking at the likes of Derrick Henry I think I'm gonna go 27-24 in an overtime win to the Titans that's gonna be my prediction there Riley you're kind of making a face like maybe you agree I was similar scores I'm going 30-24 Bengals overtime win. Okay, we got two overtime wins. Dan, are you going overtime win or do you think they can get this done in regular? Uh, No, I'm with you. I I think it's going to be really, really tight. I think we'll go in regulation, 23-20. We'll go uh, Joe Burrow to uh, get the job done there. But, um, you know, just just one thing I think we've got to focus in on, you know, at this point in the year is just the injuries. You know, I, I was just having a bit of a look at the Titans. They've got... 
10 defensive players on IR. They've got six players that are injured. That's 16 players just on the defensive side that are injured. Um, they're still playing outstanding. Jeffrey Simmons is amazing. I think the Titans are going to give the Bengals absolute hell on the defensive side as well. Uh, but somehow, some way, Joe gets it done. But, um, yeah, it's going to be close. Jamie, do you think Titans are going to win? No, nah, I'm going to keep it safe. I reckon that the Titans defense is going to make it really messy for Burrow all night long. Uh, and in that sense, I'm going to lean on the lower end scoring wise. I'm going to go Titans 20 to 17. So that's so my bad, sp- guys. We've got, we got a split. Yeah, there we, we go. Let's 50, go. 50-50 split. It's a shame Laura's not here. I'll have to get her her pick later and we'll see if she can break the tiebreaker. But we've got two for Titans, two for Bengals. Um, we're going to move into, somebody said messy, Jamie. I think it was you. So we're going to move into our next game. So it's a great feed into the game that we have as well, which is Colts versus Steelers. I think the most entertaining part of the Colts-Eagles game this past week was their mascot um the the some of the stuff he does on the sidelines is just absolutely ridiculous and whoever catches that props to them because there's always something from him um I think we're going to kick it off by talking about the Steelers who just came off a seven point loss to the Bengals they kind of got there a little bit pick it oh Riley I don't know would you be bringing pick it back out or do you think it's time to switch quarterbacks they just don't seem like they can outlast teams that they're playing I don't know I think if you weren't going to stick with Pickett um they shouldn't have changed him in the first place I don't think Trubisky played that poorly that he needed to be to be outed then so I think that they have to kind of stick with him that division is is going to be taken out by the Bengals or the Ravens we know that so it's not like they're playing for anything really other than maybe game time practice for Pickett. So I think let him let him mesh with George Pickens some more, you know, try and see what Najee can do. All this stuff about him not being the player that he used to be um, is coming out. So you, they need to work out if Najee is somebody that they can keep on the roster or whether they need to move on from him. and. There's nothing good coming out of switching another quarterback in when you don't have to. But I think I think he showed some promise, but it's hard to tell when, you know, not a lot's working. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're kind of like a mess across the board. Um, you mentioned George Biggins. He had four receptions, 83 yards and one touchdown. Frymouth had about 79 yards, no touchdowns. Najee Harris seemed to have had himself a pretty good game this past week with 90 yards and two touchdowns. But again, Dan, it's the same kind of narrative, right? These guys come in, they're expected to be big players, and they don't produce. So do you keep them? Do you trade them? Do you get money, draft capital? I mean, this uh, is the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are currently sitting under 500. This is Mike Tomlin's first under 500 season in all in his career, I want to say, I could be wrong, but I mean, do you think he just doesn't really know how to coach a losing team? Yeah. Look, uh, team building. It's my favorite, uh, part of the game. So let's dive in. Look, I watched the Steelers game closely. Um, and this is what I'd say on Kenny Pickett. That's the best game that he's played as a professional. And it says a lot, you know, and, and, and realistically, that is the tape that you go back and you watch, to determine whether this is a, this is a play you want to go ahead with, because there were there were some moments, and then obviously there's some there's some big limitations there. I think I've been pretty clear on where I stand with him. I feel like he is a very limited 
uh, player. I think everything's going to have to be perfect around him. And the reason why I don't have as much patience with him is because he's an old man. You know, he spent many, many years in college. He's an older player. And realistically, given his background, he is someone who really needed to sort of step into the NFL and hit the ground running. So, you know, uh, his performances are pretty typical of a rookie quarterback. You know, in, in two, three years' time, you'd expect him to sort of pick things up. But I just don't know whether you can sort of take that risk with a player who doesn't really have as high of a ceiling as a lot of the other younger quarterbacks that are coming through that are more, that are more dual, dual threat because, you know, this kid can't run. He doesn't have as much athleticism as a lot of his peers. So, um, and there was a massive uh, miss by him. You know, Pickens was open in the end zone. Uh, Pickett missed him. It, 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 anyway, it, it just wasn't pretty. So, and, you know, the Steelers' uh, O-line has been pretty disappointing all year long. So, you know, they've got to make some running repairs there. And Najee Harris, they are absolutely running him into the ground. So, again, you guys know how I feel about running backs. You pick one up in the late rounds every single year. Don't be surprised that the Steelers do it because um, Najee Harris, he is not going to have a long career in this league. Not a chance. I mean, he's a big dude. When you see him standing at the end of games next to players and his old teammates, like he's a big guy. I would look to maybe transition him out of running back, maybe look to move him into like a tight end spot, but that's harder in the professional leagues. It is doable. People do it. But I mean, Jamie, we kind of can't talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers without talking about probably one of the most influential players on their defense, which is TJ Watt. He had an interception. I mean, this guy has had half a sack and an interception against the Bengals in the last two games he's played against them. Um, he was missed when he was out. It's great to see him back, but do you think it's like a little too late for the Steelers defense? That's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I think when he's back, he completely changes the look of that four man rush. You know, you've got to put so much more um, effort uh, and attention into covering TJ Watt. And even then like, good luck. It's, 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 there's only so much you can do. He's a bit like Aaron Donald in that sense. Like he's going to get where he wants to go. Their defense as a whole. I, I personally don't mind it. I think it's the only thing that's keeping them in some of these games. Um, as we said, they're not, they, they, they have no offense if they can't do anything on first down. Like if they're going nowhere on first down, they're, they're punting. Um, I, I don't think it's too late on the defensive end. I, I do like what TJ Watt brings when he's healthy. Riley, did you have a comment? Yeah, um, Minka's out. Fitzpatrick is out. They, go to, they get TJ back off IR and Minka goes straight back on. He's a big loss. Like I, rave, I love him. I reckon he is one of, if not top, DB. There's a reason they traded Miami for him. Like he is elite. And it's not just it's not just how he plays on somebody. It's the way he reads the ball, the way he covers ground. He his ability to be able to be such a like horizontal across the field player is ridiculous. So him to be going, yes, TJ coming back is amazing for them, but I I don't think I don't think they leveled up with TJ. I don't think they went down because they got him back um, when Minka left. But I think that that is something that is going to is going to be part of their downfall, <clears throat> um, mostly the offense, but that as well. Hey team, just a quick note. Just you know, when the draft comes around, and just you know, something to predict. Keep an eye on the Steelers draft because if I was a Steelers fan, I'd be shitting myself. Because you can see what they're going to do. They're, they're obviously, they're anemic on offense. It's a bit of a mess. But you watch, they'll draft offensive players. You know, it's, it's, it, it would be such a Pittsburgh 
move for the next draft for them to load up on the defensive side because it is their strength and yeah, just let Kenny Pickett try and figure this thing out. But anyway, that's something we might keep a check on in six months' time. I mean, it's interesting too because I don't know how many big defensive names are going to be like in the draft. It's not like last year we had a lot of defensive heavy players, which is why we've seen a big shift this year. Um, but if we move over to speaking of shifts, uh, if we move over to the opposition, thank you for laughing at my puns tonight, Riley. I appreciate that one. Um, in the Colts, I mean, Jeff Saturday. We, I mean, how about that? Interesting. You're right. I mean, one means one. That we can. We guys, we're 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 in contention for an NFL <laughs> coaching job, you know, as analysts of this sport. That's exciting and scary too, Alex. I mean, yeah, I'm i maybe the Bears need some help, but um, I won't be going there, you know, too soon. Um, Jonathan Taylor, 22 carries, 84 yards, Matt Ryan back in the starting lineup. Riley, do you think it was wrong for Matt Ryan to come out of that starting position for the Colts since he is experienced, especially in kind of what is kind of a young team? Um, no, I mean, it does come down to coach, um, and direction. Uh, I think when you sign somebody like Matt Ryan, you want to, they, they, they knew they had him, they draft a young quarterback. You're going to have, he's not, he's not your franchise. You know that you want him to be there to be able to be that mentor for, for the rookie. So I think having him come back in, I think them winning last week was like just what was needed for the Colts, not necessarily for this season, but just as a franchise. They needed that win, bringing Matt Ryan in. Somehow he found wheels. I don't know how he pulled that right out, but I think it was the right decision because the pressure's off the rookie now. They're having a terrible season in terms of their... I can't think of what it's called. Was it record? There we go. Their record. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to get a fairly high draft pick. They've got the ability to really think smart and not not put a rookie in a position where he doesn't need to be. Let him develop like Mahomes did. Let him sit behind somebody who has been in the highest pressure situation, which is the Super Bowl, who's lost the Super Bowl. And uh, Saturday's not going to be the head coach for for many years. He's interim head coach now. They will get somebody in the offseason who then can go, okay, this is my direction or or it's not my direction. And you're not going to have this will he, won't he start kind of situation happening that so many teams get when they have a young quarterback, they they get a new head coach a year later and he doesn't like that direction. It's a, it's a typical Bears thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I do feel bad for Matt Ryan because he feels a bit like a sacrificial lamb at this point in his career. I'm going to be honest. Like they, they've conceded so many sacks. And I, how old is he now? Like 35 he plus? He is in Late his 30. 50s, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they did it. It was they robbed, Late 30s, I think he is. They, they, robbed, they robbed him. I mean, they, you know, they, they've come and they, they went and signed him and they said, you know, you're going to have the best offensive line. We're going to run the ball. Basically, you won't have to do anything, right? Like you might have to drink a little bit of Powerade in, in between breaks. Like it'll be so chilled. And he's gone out there. He's just getting absolutely annihilated, expected to throw the ball. It was just, you know, it's it's, it's an absolute mess. Jay, um, the, the owner, Ursay, that guy's a goober. He's an absolute mess. Like his press conference and his justifications for Jeff Saturday, 
he's the one that wanted to see Sam Ellinger. And, and I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I think, I, you know, I, I'm all about testing out these rookies to see if they can play to work out who you've got. But surely you can figure that out a little bit in practice. Like, what was it that Sam did in practice that made you think that he was going to be better than Matt Ryan? I mean, he, he was awful. And, you know, the other thing that I think is, has been really interesting and has got me torn. Like I don't, I don't agree with the Saturday hiring. I think it's awful. The minority coaches opportunities that I, that, that the team had, I think should have been explored. But, you know, one of the things you, you, you've got to say with Saturday is he has been able to motivate the team because the Colts quit. They're one of very few teams that quit. Like their offensive line was disgraceful. Quinton Nelson, one of the best players in the game, he's had the worst year of his entire year. Saturday apparently went into the the franchise and absolutely gave it to the O-line given his background, and you've seen a little bit of life out of that. So, yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't fair um, on Reich, you know, the old coach, because Jonathan Taylor's starting to run the ball. Matt Ryan's back under center. The O-line started to pull their finger out, and, yeah, very, very dysfunctional from the Colts. They've got, they've got some really weird just numbers all across the board this season. Like they lead the league in the most yards taken from sacks at 298. And the next closest is the Rams at 253. So like you're way ahead there. Um, and then weirdly on in the pass game as well, they've, they've thrown the third most passes going into this week, which makes sense, I guess, with game script and stuff. But they've got the fourth highest completion rate and yet they still can't score. So what's that? I, I don't know what this team is, to be honest. I don't think a lot of people do. I don't think the Colts know who they are. I don't think their fan base know who they are. Again, like I said, the best part of the Colts games is their mascot. And if you get like, if you don't know who I'm talking about, go look him up. Look up the Colts mascot. He is hilarious and funny and does all sorts of things on the sideline. Hip thrusting. The hip thrusting on the Eagles touchdown was a very interesting (laughs) one. Um, I probably would have avoided the camera on that one. But again, funny. It was amusement. I mean, the Indiana defense played well this past week. They forced turnovers. They controlled the line of scrimmage. You know, they did earn some timely sacks when need to. But like, you know, when you can't finish on offense, like what's the point in your defense playing physical? Um, I think this is going to be an ugly football game. (laughs) I don't see it being pretty. I see it being kind of a little bit like the Broncos Raiders this past week. Um, but I am going to go Steelers. I'm going to keep it a three-point win, too. I think the Steelers are just – actually, you know what? I lie. I think it's going to be like the Patriots-Jets game. I think they're going to win. It's going to be like 3-3 three, three for like the longest period of time, and someone's going to get a random touchdown. I think it's going to be the Steelers. So I'm going to go Steelers 10-3. to three. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go Steelers 10-3. to three. Dan, you're laughing at me as people always do when I give my score predictions. <laughs> no, because I agree. I'm going to go 13 10 Steelers. Um, I, sorry, did I say the Steelers? I meant the TJ Watt uh, side because, you know, I think they should rename the team. I think TJ Watt will win this game. He'll be the difference. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, c- keep an eye on Pickens, uh, that wide receiver. There's something about that kid. He is special. Um, if he, you know, a bit of a decent quarterback there, and I think he could do some special things. So a bit of a touchdown from him. TJ Watt does some special things. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this one plays out. Jamie, Steelers, Colts, or mascots. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I wish I could pick a mascots. No, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Steelers. I'm going to go on the optimistic side. I just feel like, yeah, Pickett didn't look great in the second half today, but first half there was there was the odd thing which was all right maybe they can make it work I completely agree with you Dan on Pickens like he needs the ball in his hand all the time he should be targeted 10 plus times a game give that kid volume 
Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Steelers 2010. Okay, Riley, we are you gonna sweep the Steelers since I have heard everybody correctly this right now, um, or are you gonna pick the be weird and pick the Colts? Um, I'm gonna be weird and pick the Colts. No disrespect um, there I when I said that either. Just you know, yeah. Nah, just watch watch Jonathan Taylor just come out and absolutely have a field day. Um, get some quick screens. You know, his rushing yards might not be up there, but I reckon he's still going to have a 100-plus scrimmage yard kind of day, maybe some multiple touchdowns. I think it's going to be let's go no defense at all. Um, hopefully it's a bit more exciting than three all for four almost four quarters minus 16 seconds. Um, 24-21 Colts. All right, interesting. We'll, we'll uh, see who wins on that one. But, guys, it's time to quickly head around the grounds and get the remainder games of the week. Uh, I'm going to kick this off. I've got Seahawks versus Raiders. Raiders coming off a very interesting win against the Broncos. I think it's going to be an interesting game against the Seahawks. I don't know. I'm going to go Raiders. That's going to be kind of like my – underdog pick i would say they're kind of underdog coming in against the seahawks so i'm gonna go raiders cardinals chargers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. chargers didn't look all that great against the chiefs this past week cardinals coming off you know their monday night football i think and i could be wrong they're playing in mexico or they just played in mexico so uh, a little jet lag um, maybe the cardinals take it but uh, mm, yeah cardinals take it Take the win there. Uh, 49ers Saints. Saints was an impressive win. I'm going to go Saints over the 49ers just because Chris Olave is my boy and he's kind of running circles around defensive players right now. Chiefs be Rams. Rams have not shown up since they won the Super Bowl. They seem to have left their ability to play at the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go Chiefs. Uh, Dan, your remaining games of the week. Yeah, let's go. All right, Lions take on the Bills. Can the Lions win four games in a row? Could you? I mean, effectively, we shouldn't give them like a Super Bowl trophy, but some sort of like smaller trophy that's kind of a bit shiny, glittery, something like that. Uh, can they do it? Look, no. But look, I, I think they're going to give Buffalo uh, a little bit of trouble. You know, Buffalo, they were able to run the ball a little bit last week, which, um, you know, was weird you know, different. Um, let's see if they can do that back to back weeks. Um, but Josh Allen should be, um, should be able to get that done. But, um, yeah, I think that's going to be a high scoring game. Uh, Cowboys v Giants, look, the Cowboys, that was like a frustration, you know, a bit of a build up over the last couple of years where Dak really hasn't sort of put it together. There's been a lot of injuries. There's been a lot of just weirdness around that franchise. And they finally stepped up and really gave it to the Vikings last week. So that was good to see. Um, I think they'll back it up and I, and you know, the Giants, Everyone thinks they're a little bit of a pretender. I've, I've got those vibes as well, only because of the uh, the quarterback there. So I think the Cowboys will get the job done there. That'll be an important game within the division as well. Uh, Vikings v Patriots. Uh, that is going to be ugly. Um, you know, look, I'm not scared of Kirk Cousins, but I'm sure as shit scared of Justin Jefferson. And uh, he would be very bitterly disappointed um, after that Cowboys game. So look, the Patriots defense um, just tune in and watch them play. Um, when Patriots get on offense, just you know, go and I don't know, put a put some laundry on, or you know, make yourself some nachos or something like that. But yeah, I think Vikings are going to make it uh, a bit of a difficult week for my boys. Yeah, interesting games, Riley. You guys, interesting games lined up for your predictions. Remaining games of the week for you. Yeah, so Jets versus Bears. Um, as much as I don't know what either team's doing, I'm just going to have to go with my boys, Justin. Fitt. He's just 
he's <laughs> I know I actually chose them for him. um you know his ability to use his feet's insane and I just think after the Jets abysmal performance against the Patriots surely we're better than that um so I'm gonna go Bears Commanders, Falcons, Falcons. I've been pulling wins out somehow and I don't know how. I actually really like Tyler Henneke. I love how he buys a pair of shoes after every win um, because of his bonus. So, and also Terry McLaughlin is a, McLaurin, sorry, is a beast of a receiver and I love him. So I'm going to go with the Commanders for that one with a pretty easy win. Um, Browns versus Bucks. I think it's going to be closer than it should, but I think the Bucks are going to get it done. Um even though Nick Chubb can run over anybody, I think Brady will just find some annoying way to find some unnamed tight end in the end zone with three seconds to go. Um, and then Eagles versus Packers. I hate to say it, but I actually think the Packers are going to win. They just seem to do this. They seem to just play absolute trash and then they they play the good game when it doesn't really affect them, but it affects somebody else. So I reckon they'll give the Eagles their, their second loss. Interesting one. At least you went with the Bears win. I would have been upset if you said Bears loss and Packers win. So at least we got, <laughs> we got a Bears win in there. Jamie, you get to round us out with your remaining games of the week. Yep. So I'll start with uh, Dolphins versus Texans. Uh, need I say anything more? No, I'll joke. Uh, Do- uh, Dolphins coming off the bye week. They've just started to incorporate uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. from the trade from the 49ers. He's looked pretty good. Uh, You're coming up against Houston, who have the worst, if not top three worst run defences in the league. Um, So I'd look for a big game in that area. If I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm so happy to catch Houston at this point. You know, just test some stuff out with the run game, see what works, see what doesn't with with Jeff Wilson. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to go Dolphins, beat the Texans there. Uh, Jags versus Ravens. I'm... Weirdly, after having a look a bit more into this, I'm a bit more on the Jags. I still, I still think the Ravens are going to win overall. That's the prediction. But I think the Jags are going to give them a harder time than maybe some people would think. Uh, they're both very good rushing offenses, both averaging over five yards a carry. I guess it just comes down to who do you trust more at the quarterback position in this matchup, Trevor Lawrence or Lamar? Uh, I will take Lamar on that one. Uh, and that leaves me with Panthers versus Broncos. Uh, Panthers three and eight, Broncos three and seven. Neither team can move the ball. Uh, Denver's defense is the only thing that's kept them in the season, let alone any game. Um, but at the saying that, they're one and four on the road, uh, whereas Carolina and three and three at home. I'm actually going to go Panthers here. I think there's a bit of an upset. I do not like this Denver team whatsoever, uh, apart from defense. Uh, and also the last time that the Panthers beat the Broncos was 2008. Streaks were meant to end. So there we go. All right. <laughs> Streaks are meant to end. You're not wrong there, guys. As always, it's so always fun talking football. Happy Thanksgiving to listeners. Enjoy the turkey. Enjoy the football. Uh, and if you need something else other than the NFL to watch, it is rivalry week in college. You've got Michigan, Ohio State, two and three matching up against each other. I just got to put that plug in there. So if you need something to watch, on Sunday, while you're waiting for the NFL, go watch some college football. It's going to be a good weekend, guys. As always, until next time.